Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dino Tripodis tonight on Whiskey Business coming to you from Columbus, Ohio. Lots to talk about. Sports and entertainment have the lines blurred. The college playoffs, our beloved Buckeyes, are not in them, but the Cincinnati Bearcats, good enough, are that and so much more as Todd Jones from Press Box Access joins us tonight on Whiskey Business. Welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And we are in an interesting time in our in our sports lives here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we all watched with uh, bated breath to see if the stars would align and maybe somehow, somehow, our Ohio State Buckeyes would sneak into the playoffs. That didn't happen. But what did happen is the much-deserved Cincinnati Bearcats did get into the playoffs. The only undefeated team in college football to get into the playoffs. And um, we're beside beside ourselves here in Ohio. And we're going to take a look at the at the playoffs uh, tonight as well. But but a bunch of other stuff too because the Ohio State Buckeyes are going to the Rose Bowl. And there, and there was a, right there was a time there was a time my friends where. The Rose Bowl was it. Mm-hmm. It was the granddaddy of bowl games. It was the it was what everybody wanted to go to. And now it's just like I believe Todd Jones referred to it as a consolation prize <laughs> uh, in, in the in the in the in the big picture. As far as bowl games go, which is not. It's 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 huge. It's good. But we're gonna talk about that tonight. We're gonna talk about the playoffs tonight. We're gonna talk about Sports and entertainment and how the lines have blurred because tonight when we talk with Todd Jones from Press Box Access, he's kind of an old school guy like myself. We remember a time where they were they were individual things, sports and entertainment, but now the lines have blurred. We'll get into an interesting discussion about that and so much more tonight. I'm thrilled that we have uh, Todd Jones from Evergreen Podcast, Woo-hoo. Press Box Access an Evergreen Podcast uh, production. We are happy to be with Evergreen Podcast as well, but uh, Pressbox Access is an actual production from Evergreen. And they actually produce your podcast. We are, uh, we are. what do they call us? We're freelancers. The, DIY. We're independent. We're partners. Yeah, we're, 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 yeah there's I, some term. That's yeah, like, yeah. Well, it's like a nice they, term. We're part of the Evergreen yeah, family, yeah. but they don't produce us. You guys produce yeah, us. They, they don't yeah. like technically claim us, and when, so when hit, shit hits the fan, they, <laughs> they go, just, I don't know. That. They just found you guys in a yeah, basket. Yeah, yeah. That's right. No, yeah, no, no they, they have been very gracious to invite us into the family, but where they produce your podcast I got these two guys producing mine. John Whitney on the video side. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, sir. And Greg Hansberry on the audio side. Yep. Thank you so much. And um, before we talk with Todd Jones from from the award-winning Press Box Access podcast, 
recent recipient of the Davy Award. What's the Davy Award? I don't know. <laughs> okay. And recent recipient of the Vega Digital Award. What's the Vega Digital Award? It's not a Viagra Award. <laughs> it's I know not that. a Viagra yeah. Award. No, actually, actually, there are two digital awards. And, uh, and actually, the Happy Ve- for Evergreen. Uh, yeah. The Vega Digital is actually a pretty prestigious award. Isn't it the guy from uh, Pulp Fiction? No. Oh, yeah. Vincent Vega. Oh, that's a different <laughs> award. It's not the Vincent Vega Award. <laughs> okay. No. No. <laughs> It's it's the it's the award for a podcast that could most likely be turned into a Pulp Fiction movie. Okay. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's a glowing uh, award. But both awards are pretty are pretty damn impressive. So congratulations early on in this podcast before we actually get to it, man. Thank and you. And well deserved. Press box, pre, yeah. Press box access. You, we'll talk about what your podcast is about as well. But people dig it, and they should because not only is it fresh and, and original it's also nostalgic at the same time right so yeah. it's 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 kind of like in the now but all about back then yeah and and yeah. and you do a great job with it well, so, thank you no, very nice no, very nice you you're very welcome but before we get to all of that and all our discussions this evening i got a couple things to do uh john whitney is embarking on a journey this month that we'll talk about before we start the podcast we have our guest bottle and of course the bitness hansberry that's right evergreenpodcast.com where you can find uh Everything evergreen, including uh, press box access and uh, and whiskey business information, of course. Uh, YouTube, find whiskey business on YouTube. Whiskey business with Dino Tripodis. That would be me. Smash that uh, subscribe button. Smash! Uh, <laughs> click that ding bell button. The bell. Bing. Bing. Oh, sorry. Are you looking at me for yeah, sound, sound effects? Effect. I yeah, got it. Yeah. I got you. Just hit that bell button. <laughs> Bing. Thank you, sir. And <laughs> he'll get a notification every time uh, Johnny uploads a new video. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Also, uh, thanks for subscribing on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure you subscribe and uh, rate, review, comment, and uh, share Whiskey Business with uh, all your friends and family. Uh, word of mouth and, and uh, grassroots effort is uh, is greatly appreciated. It's the best way to do you it. You got it. We're on Crackle now, though, right? No. We're on Crackle? No, we're not on Crackle. No, we're not on Crackle. Paramount. <laughs> Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. With you that new Star there? Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Star that'd, Trek. That'd, that'd Star Trek. That would be a cool yeah. one to be on. Yeah. No, we're not on uh, Crackle. No, none of them. No. Our guest bottle tonight is uh, it's, it's a nice one. It's Elijah Craig Small Batch Barrel Proof. We've had Woo! Elijah Craig Small Batch Whiskey on the show, but we never had the Barrel Proof. It's uh, it's coming in at 127. It's proof. hot. Yeah, it's good. It's, man. it's a little hot. It's a little hot, but it's also kind of sweet. As far as a uh, a high proof bourbon goes and a barrel proof bourbon goes, I don't know. I've I've had it before. I, I mean, I've had a sip already this evening, but I've had this before with my brother in law. And uh, you'll pick up. You should pick up some caramel, mm-hmm. maple maple syrup, uh, a, yep. little, a little syrupy, maybe some vanilla as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, a little sweet, a little fruity, but also has some heat. It's hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does have some heat. It's really good. And not that expensive. You can find it uh, between seventy and eighty, eighty two, eighty three. It's a good holiday b- bottle. A, a bottle. Yeah. It's, it'd be a great gift for anybody. It's uh, it's it's twelve years old. It comes from the the good folks at Heaven Hill. It's their twelve year version of the small batch bourbon that I Got was it. referring to that mm-hmm. we've had on the show before. But this is the barrel proof version. So. Um, Drink with caution, gentlemen, because it is 127 <laughs> yes. proof and got a little bit of a kick to it. The one thing I wanted to... And to, I already got started before it showed up, too. You did. You got, We're yeah. about to talk about it. What's that? The, yeah, John, yeah. Yeah. John, John's <laughs> had a head start on everybody tonight because he's actually... Uh, 
following the 25 days of Christmas cocktailing. This is a little fun little book that I wrote 11 years ago. Wow. Yep. Where I decided one day, not being a bartender, never mm-hmm. claimed to be a bartender or a mixologist or whatever fancy word. And mixology 11 years ago was not or is not what it, it was is today. A lot of schnapps. Uh, yeah. The, well, you know, it's a holiday <laughs> book. It's a holiday book. So I decided that I would come up with 25 cocktails, one for every day. Because I used to do a thing called the 25 Days of Christmas Cocktailing, where I would actually drink every day from the December 1st to December Mm -hmm. 25th. Well, you used to do that? No, still. (laughs) (laughs) But being a whiskey drinker, what I would do was I would would try other liquors that I don't pay attention to over the course of the year. So I would drink rum. You branch out. And vodkas. And, and tequilas, and, and, and even though I don't like tequila, Uzo's in there. Yeah. And then so I decided, why don't I just write a fun little book? And there's fun little, little uh, short little yeah, pieces little of essays humor and... about each mm-hmm. about each uh, cocktail, and one little piece of uh, whiskey or booze wisdom, uh, little things I've said about mm-hmm. boozing over the years that uh, yeah. that are that are quotes in here. It's but, fun. Um, and at the time of this recording, we are on day seven. You're on day seven, so you yes. just got done with the, the uh, uh, holiday kamikaze. You got the, the Christmas, you got the Christmas kamikaze. Christmas, yes. Yeah, and tomorrow you've got your work cut out for you because tomorrow is the Ebenezer Scrooge driver. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, did you do the George Bailey already? Yes, we did that last night. Oh, the, oh, the, oh yeah, the George Bailey. I like yeah. that one a lot. I yeah, like the George Bailey. It's a good. Co- it's a coffee drink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, after you drink it, you wish you'd never been born. That's right. <laughs> it's uh, we split that one. It's a, that's a, it's, it's, it's a lot it's of good. alcohol in that one. It's a lot. <laughs> well, I can tell you, there's a, a lot. There's a. Uh, it starts with a, a cup of coffee. It's got a shot of brandy in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bacardi rum, Maker's Mark whiskey, and a dash of triple sec. Ugh. Uh, yeah, and then the then stir quietly it's and then ask if quietly. there's pie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> No, but this is Jen's idea. She decided that she wanted to do it. We had the book on I, I applaud you. This is yeah, available on Amazon.com yeah. for anybody who's looking for a uh, last-minute stocking stuffer. I'll try to uh, include I the keep link forget, I keep forget, I never plug it anymore because it's been like, I always said I want to do an update to it and include the, put it on the, website. the eight highballs of Hanukkah. Right. I wanted to do like an update of 25 days of Christmas cocktailing and eight highballs of Hanukkah. So I'll do it at some point. We'll start doing research even though, uh, you know, just yeah, for next year. Maybe for next year. For the twelfth anniversary, mm-hmm. the twelve. Who does a twelfth year anniversary? You got twelve year liquor. You could have a twelve year book. That's true. I could. I could. I could. So I and I know that. I know that Todd. You're not a big bourbon drinker, but you said when in Rome. Yeah, that's why I walked so, over here. It's, you it's know, we're a, neighbors. So, we're you know, na- yeah, we are. Drinking, we're kind of I am drinking liquor tonight. Okay. All right. So, do you like it? I mean, yeah, actually, I do. Yeah. You no, do? I, I never. It's not that I don't ever drink whiskey. I just have to be careful. Oh well, that's a good way because. You've been on the podcast before, but we had to do it in the in the at the height of COVID. We were we did it remotely, right? So you were in the confines of your home. We were all in different places as mm-hmm. well. So this is the first time we got to do a face to face, which yeah, I'm great. which I'm enjoy far more. Oh yeah, you know? I really appreciate you having me on. Too. I, are you kidding to me? Guys. No, because yeah. when I said you know, hey, hey we we, we we've been talking about forever about getting together and having a beer and a drink because we uh, do live close by. Mm. And I said, uh, what about the podcast on, on, on Tuesday night? He goes, oh, man, great. I can come over and hang out while you guys are doing the podcast. I go, no, you you are the podcast. <laughs> and uh, so I thought that was kind of humorous. Well, I will, I will warn you about this, though. At any moment during this podcast, yeah. 
the electricity might go out. I put so many damn Christmas lights up in oh, my shit. house. I want full Clark Griswold. Nice. Good for guy. you. And I'm afraid that the whole Clintonville neighborhood is just going to go probably dark. Take much, well, you know what it? I always say about the uh, the electric and the power here in Clintonville. It's just all someone just needs it. Just, you know, it's all one big extension cord. Somebody <laughs> yeah. trips over it, and the whole the whole the whole block will go out. You know, it's it is not a it's not the best best grid, if you will. But I'm thrilled that you're here, man. I'm thrilled that you're here. So much to talk about. Uh, let's 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 start. With I already gave you your kudos on press box access, which is you talking to sports writers from back in the day. You were a sports writer as yeah. well, which is why I don't understand you don't have a, a far better affection for bourbon than you do. Well, because, I think you know sports writers are generally more of a beer beer type drinkers. Are they? Yeah, you know, yeah. generally. Yeah, at least the ones I used to run with. Uh, but you know, again, well, you know, we'll, we'll drink just about anything you put in front of us. Put in front of you, so. yeah. Let's start with the college playoffs. All right, the the football playoffs. Heck yeah. Right? Hell and yeah. you spent a lot of time in Cincinnati. Yes. Was, so let's start with yeah. Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bearcats get in. What an accomplishment. It's crazy. It's totally nuts. Because you, re- you remember being there when they, they yeah, sucked. Yeah, I, I grew up in that area across the river in northern Kentucky. And I worked at the Cincinnati Post for 10 years from like late 80s to the late 90s. And Cincinnati football, University of Cincinnati football, it was a joke. Yeah. Total joke. I mean, nobody went to the games. They played in a, an old stadium that was falling apart. Nobody cared. And high school football is way more popular in Cincinnati than, than UC football. Yeah, so Bowler High School is huge. Yeah, yeah, to see this, they, they would play games at UC Stadium and draw 25,000. Cincinnati would draw like 8,000 in its own stadium. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's not a joke. I mean, 30 years ago in 1991, Cincinnati – Played at Penn State and lost eighty-one to nothing. Oh my God! Oh, is that boy. the biggest blowout in sports history? Division one. No, it's, it's one of them. It's one it's of them. Not, yeah, but so to see this happening is really, really crazy, and it's wild. When did I, it, I, I'm when just did really it, happy for everybody. When did it change? Here. When did it start to well, move in, it, the, in the direction that it's in now? I think the guy that gets forgotten is Rick Minner, who was a coach at UC back in like the early nineties, late 80s, early yeah early nineties, mid nineties. He started getting some traction. And after that, you had different coaches coming in. You had Mark D'Antonio, the former Michigan State coach, right, yeah. guy who coached here as an assistant at Ohio State. You know, and then obviously Murphy came in. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Brian Kelly came in and, and took it another notch. Was he um, coaching when they almost beat Ohio State at Cincinnati? Remember that? No, that actually, that, actually that, that was, was Rick Minner. Oh, shit. Yeah. In 2002, when Ohio State won a national championship, they played down at Cincinnati – and, again, Cincinnati Stadium was falling apart at the time. They had play at Paul Brown Stadium mm-hmm. where the Bengals play. And uh, UC almost won that game. Yeah. And um, that was Rick Menner who, again, I think it's forgotten. Mm-hmm. But he, he's the guy that kind of got the ball rolling a little bit. Right. And made him reputable. And then from there it just kept building. So it's not a total shock if you've been paying attention the last 15 years. But if you woke up in, from 19 19- – 89 and you woke up now and you said you see he's playing alabama in the playoffs you right what planet am i on yeah right and everybody the consensus is that we're gonna that cincinnati is gonna get spanked and i and i disagree i i totally disagree i mean you know you talk about 
where Cincinnati is in the division they're in. And then you talk about the, and, and I will say it disparagingly because I'm, because my brother-in-law is a huge SEC fan yeah. and I get so tired <laughs> of hearing about how dominant the SEC is and so forth and so on. But they held their own against Georgia last year. Hell, they right? should have won that game. They should have yeah. won Georgia that game. Georgia kicked a field goal of 59 yards in the last play or UC right. wins that game. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and yeah, what we saw over the weekend with Georgia and Alabama, I mean, that's a that's a coin toss any any and on any given weekend in college football when those two teams meet, you know. But uh, to think that Alabama's just going to romp all over Cincinnati, no, I don't think so at all. No, I don't think familiar with each other too. I think that right edge you see. I think yeah, not, you know, I think Alabama's going to win, right? But is UC going to play well? I think UC will play very well. And I think UC can play with him. And I would not be totally shocked if UC somehow won the game. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It could. I mean, most of these playoff semifinal games, let's face it, no matter what teams have been in the playoffs, a lot of the semis are just blowouts. Right. Yeah. They have been. But I, I, I don't so there's know. no shame if it happens. Maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, one of the, yeah. I'm one of those people that stayed up and watched Ohio State play Duke in basketball. And everybody thought, like, oh, I'm not going to watch that game. It's going to be a blowout. You know. Ohio State, boom, boom, beats yeah. Duke. Well, let's not forget, Alabama won four overtimes against a really bad Auburn team. The week right. Before. If they lose that game, Alabama's not in. Right, exactly. Out. Yeah, And I was kind of hoping that would be the case because, you know, being a Buckeye fan, I was hoping that the Stars would align somehow right. yeah. and we'd sneak in. Uh, but it, it didn't happen. But Cincinnati did happen. And Luke Fickle ha- has happened, That's right. you know. Uh, a guy that has maintained his composure and his focus uh, with uh, with a job opening that everybody was talking about, and I just love this guy. Yeah, he's done a great job. I mean, pride of Columbus, pride of Ohio State. He's got like six kids. His wife, they're Catholics. They're down there in a very Catholic city mm-hmm. yeah. in Cincinnati. He knows the neighborhoods down there now. He's recruited well. They always have great high school talent. They great, great recruits. They're still yeah. from. Well, Ohio State kids and yeah. stuff. Yeah, when Ohio State's gone a little more national, you know, in the last 15 years or so <clears throat> with recruiting, they're still getting Ohio, the best Ohio guys, right? But some Ohio guys that used to always come here are starting to go other places. Other places. And Fickle's done a great job down there. Just absolutely. I'm really happy job. for him. He's a great, great guy, well-respected. And you know, I think Ohio State fans are happy for him, too. Yeah. Do you think he'll leave? If, if, he, were to get, if he were to get offered the job? At Ohio State, yeah, or, wow. or offered a job, you know. Well, I don't, you know, I don't think so. I think if it was Ohio State, I thought he might go to Notre Dame, but I think the timing just wasn't right. Wasn't right. You can't. I mean, he's not the type of guy. I mean, that's that one of his wish lists. He said, "No, Kelly did at the Notre Dame, right? Right." In leaves for LSU, Fickle's not going to do that at this moment yeah. to Cincinnati. They've been good to him. Yeah. And let's face it, he, no matter what happens against Alabama next year. He's going to have a great year, right? They're mm-hmm. building statues of him down there right, practically. Right, right, right. So he's going to enjoy the fruits of the labor and still probably be pretty good next year. So will he leave someday? Probably. Probably. You know, yeah. money talks. and yeah. well, they're, changing, all, they're changing. Uh, uh, they're going to the uh, well, they're going to Big 12. Big 12 yeah. But meanwhile, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12. So, right. you know, it's better than the league they're in now. But so much is changing in college athletics that – I just know. think it's – I just think it's – Cool that the that the the final four here in, in college football has been shaken up a little bit. You know, we got some. We don't have this. Uh, yeah, Alabama, Georgia. No Clemson. Okay, no Clemson. No right? Clemson. Yeah. Michigan is in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not that I'm thrilled about that because 
Obviously, I never saw that coming. They, they had to beat up. Well, they were they came into the season unranked as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they were so down. I mean, they had a crappy year last year during COVID, right? the height of COVID. And, we didn't uh, play them last year. Right, right. <laughs> didn't even play. And that's what I blame. Mm. I blame the fact that they skipped us for a year and didn't play us here. The but and it, then and then there's the other part of me that and I shame on me for thinking this, but there's the other part of me that says, okay, this kind of sparks the rivalry again. Well, you know? it does, right? It I does. mean, it kinda, you know, I mean, it kind of lights a torch on, uh, under our asses for the rivalry to be actually mean something. Not that it doesn't mean something. It means we would love to kick their ass each and every year. I know that. But it does kind of now make it a little bit more contentious for next year. Like, okay, well, we're not going to let that happen again. Right. Every high state's got all the, mo- the motivation next year to really, like, yeah, bulletin board material. You right. The loss. They're going to be home next year. Yeah, it's great, gonna right? It's going to be right, more right. juice to it. High state fans would love to win every year against Michigan, sure. obviously, and I understand that. But you know, if you're looking from afar, the rivalry's a hell of a lot better when. It's going back and forth a little bit. A little That's what bit. makes it a rival. That, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the the ass kicking over the – I think that would have been, what, the ninth year in a row if we would have beat them uh, yeah. the, the, in a row. Right. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, that'll be kind of cool next year. Don't they Don't they have the overall record, though? Does they the do. Michigan, Michigan has yeah, the overall they, record. Yeah, but they dominated so much in the first, like, 40 years yeah. that, that they had a pretty it's big still, lead. The high state's been closing the, the gap in the last – 20 years. I mean, they've dominated. The Buckeyes have dominated. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm excited about Cincinnati uh, being there. I think they'll hold their own against Alabama and, you know, win or lose. I'm excited about the whole prospect of it. I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to get their ass kicked. I don't think their schedule is as strong as – I mean, is it all style points with these guys or eye test with – Who, know, Alabama? You see. No, you see. Why do people think that they even have a chance against Alabama? Why do they think they even have a chance? They don't play anybody. They only beat Notre Who Dame. Who did Alabama with... play? I'm just saying it was the eye test. Is my question. No, um, I'll kindly disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do feel like they're. I think they're going to play well. Yeah. You know, I think Alabama. I think Alabama will probably end up winning by a couple touchdowns. That's what the spread is, right? Vegas. Mm-hmm. Knows. Uh, I think right now. 13, the, the, 14. I think it's thirteen right now. But uh, which. I don't bet football anymore, and that's a whole other story <laughs> for another podcast. But I don't, I don't bet on, on college or pro football anymore. I mean, uh, some of the style points is self fulfilling, right? Right. I mean, look at Georgia's overall year. Right. right. We they were anointed early. Yeah. Who did they end up beating? They beat a bad Clemson team, ten mm. to three. Right. Right. And then after that, they, they beat lost some Alabama. They lost to Alabama. They <laughs> got whipped by Alabama. Mm-hmm. So. You could make the argument that they should have fallen out uh, out of the top four because once you be, once you establish like your number one team and they got the greatest defense ever, it starts to fulfill itself. It's so a storyline that goes on through if, the year, right? You, and nobody questions that. If you could have had a say, if you could have been one of those deciding factors as to who got into the into the top four spots this past weekend on Sunday, who would you have picked? Well, I'm not saying it's wrong that Georgia's in. I'm. I'm just. I you're think actually. You, I think that the way that you say the they could have fallen finished, out, though they could have fallen out. They could have. Yeah, you could have argued for that, but I. I think the four who are in. I think it's good. I think it actually. It turned out to be the four that, you know, and I'm glad. Are deserving. That, I'm glad that for right now, anyway, that Alabama and Georgia aren't playing each other, again. right away again. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, it might end up being that way before it's all said and done. Right. But at least not the next game. Well, I think right. one thing that does, too, when Cincinnati's in it, that's kind of like the basketball tournament. 
where you do have an underdog, right? Right. A school that, oh, they're not going to be able to hang with the Kansas Jayhawks here. Right. And they start hanging with them, you know? And, it, and next thing you know, the nation's really starting to get behind it. That's why I can't, like, And that might be really interesting that night. If UC starts playing well yeah. early on, hangs in her, and it's a fight. It'll be fun. It, it's going to be a fun game. Okay, Will it so be a blowout? A, Maybe. As a sports writer, what you know, when you dig into the in, into the emotion of that, in, in, when you write, what do you, what are you looking for? What are you hoping for? You know, I mean, you could say you can have your opinions here on this podcast that Cincinnati might lose or probably will lose by a couple of I, touchdowns. But when you're writing an article like that, if you were if you were writing an article about this upcoming match between Cincinnati and Alabama, what would be your slant? Well, I would I would dig into the the contrast and the histories of the programs. You know, as we said, Cincinnati's was no nobody, mm-hmm. nobody, and obviously Alabama's always been Alabama, for, except for a couple occasional blips here and there. So I would just look at the way that these programs are just totally opposite in a historical standpoint, and so that makes for a rich contrast. Um, you know, I think journalists you never really root. You know, you root for yourself. What's the easiest angle on deadline tonight? Right. But yeah, I don't know. But I don't know if I, especially in in, in this in the short amount of time I've known you, I don't know if I believe that to be true about you. You you, you root. No, I think what you root for though, in seriousness, is you root for the story. I mean, right. that's what I used to think about. Right. Like, what's the, what's the best story here? What's a really good story? You know, and Sometimes that's where, the underdog is it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's the underdog. You know, in sports. So you know, I'll go into looking at that game thinking, yeah, Alabama should win this game. It's Alabama, but I'm also very intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. What I was going to say is, like, there's a. Uh, I've heard Ohio State fans who are like, "Oh, I'm, I, why would I root for UC? I could never root for UC." But so what? You, I mean, in this situation, why wouldn't you root for UC? Mm-hmm. Now wait a minute. I will say this: UC, Cincinnati's very unique town, right? It's where the South meets Germany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, Cincinnati doesn't even consider itself part of Ohio, really. Yeah. It's it's yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. They call right, itself right, the right. tri-state: mm-hmm. Kentucky, Indiana. And a little bit of Ohio. I mean, that talk radio, sports talk radio in Cincinnati, if they start talking, if they talk, they never, first of all, they never talk about Ohio State. Right. If they do a little bit, they get angry calls about why are you talking about the Buckeyes? They should be talking about UC or the Bengals or the Reds or Kentucky basketball. So it's really kind of funny down there that, you know, they don't, they're not Ohio State fans for the most part. Yeah, I get that. But but I agree with you, Hansberry. If the Buckeyes are out, for Michigan, you root for Alabama. You know, do you go with the? Yeah, I, I want them to win. I just hope. I'm just kind of going to your themselves. point of like yeah. the the story is the I, fun I, thing would be see you see to win it. I, I'm I'm so Buckeye damaged <laughs> over the years that I I you know I don't know I'm I know that I should be happy that a Big Ten team <laughs> is in the is in the playoffs, but I don't know that I can. Go there, Michigan, right? Without throwing up in my mouth a little bit, (laughs) I just I I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. I just I I I can't no I I, no I can't do it. I I I won't. I won't do it. Um, Don't do it. I'm I'm all about the Bears. So you don't think Ohio State fans are rooting for Luke Fickle? Yes, mm-hmm. I think so. I think they should. Yeah, but I've just heard. But you're talking couple, about some people in, uh, instances that, like my brother-in-law, done. That's it. He's over it. Like yeah. Buckeyes oh, didn't no. get in, and I'm that's not. it. I'm done. Well, no, not so, so he's much not that. Watch. He, he, no, no, I didn't say that. He just isn't pulling for UC. Well, there's a lot of historical bad feelings between Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati, and Ohio State because of the basketball. Right. Right. In the early '60s, the NCAA championship games, and you know they wouldn't play for years and years. So there's. 
there's a little bit of that built in, baked in, you know, over the years. But sure. I don't know. It's an Ohio school. I mean, yeah, everybody's disappointed Ohio State didn't even get to the playoffs, but it's Ohio school in the playoffs. You have a daughter know. that's going there right now, Actually, right? I have a daughter who's a sophomore, and I have a daughter who graduated <laughs> in the spring from UC. So I have a couple of Bearcats running around who, by the way – they couldn't tell you one thing about football, and I'm not, I don't mean that in a negative sense. <laughs> no. But now they're all caught up in it. They're, they're, they're they were in, texting me the last few weeks, Dad, are they going to get in? They're going to get you, in. You, you, and I just thought it was really cool that they were so swept up into the mm. emotion of their school, like being in the stage. Did you, you, you dig that? Yeah, it was you, fun to the, see the, like, their see joy. The transition? Yeah, yeah. You know, to see they're, they're into it a little bit. Because you know? I have a friend who's got a daughter who's a freshman down here, you know. Yeah. And, and of course, he's taking credit for. Yeah, right. That's a good point. My daughter's a Good luck charm. Well, I told people it's, it's yeah. my tuition money well spent. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> my daughter's a good luck charm. That's why Cincinnati <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is in the playoffs. Paid for that extra play, you know, you know that extra <laughs> practice session. I mean, you know, and I, I can't totally disagree with them because uh, uh, I, my friend has a, what I always say, he's got a golden horseshoe up his ass. So, uh, yeah, he's one of the luckiest persons that I, that I know. Okay, in Ohio State, we, we mentioned this in the tease, uh, in, in the conversation, you know, How's it going the Rose Bowl? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Rose Bowl. It's right? the Rose Bowl. You and I come from a generation and a day where that's all we wanted mm-hmm. at yep. the end of the season was for Ohio State to play in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, for years and years and years. That's that is it. I mean, for the longest time in college football, really until the last twenty years. There wasn't the, the emphasis on the national championship. Mm-mm. It was when your conference go to your major bowl game. Right. Ohio State, obviously the Big Ten, you go to the Rose Bowl. You know, I, I remember one time talking to Daryl Royal, the old Texas famous coach. He said back in the 60s one year, after the bowl game, the writers came up to him and said, congratulations, coach. He said, on what? He said, you were voted number one. He was oh, really? He didn't even know it. It wasn't a big deal. Hmm. It was more of a regional sport. People only paid attention to whatever conference and region they were in. So it was the Rose Bowl for the Big Ten, you know. That was what it was all about. And it's just different, right? Things have changed, obviously. And to think that the Rose Bowl was a consolation prize, that doesn't make any sense. No, not The at same all. way Cincinnati being good doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, right. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, the, it's still the Rose Bowl. It's 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 the bowl as yeah, far as I'm I got, concerned. I got to say, I was fortunate to cover like three or four Rose Bowls, and it really is spectacular. It's one of those things you hear about. Which ones did you cover? I actually covered uh, Bo Schembechler's last game. Oh, wow. In the 1989 season, the New Year's Day, 1990. And for the Cincinnati Post, I covered um, championship game at the Rose Bowl between Nebraska and Miami when Miami just boat raced them. Um, and then there was one I covered Michigan, another Michigan Rose Bowl. I think they played uh, – might have been SC again. Hmm. So, yeah, but it's a, it is spectacular, the setting – and the way it looks on television actually is the way it really, the way it really it, looks. It lives up to it. I've never so, had the – So, I think Ohio State, that's, that's a great – they got a young team, right? They had, a, right. they had a great year. They got a young team. They're going to be so talented again next year. They got to get the defense fixed. So, if you're going to have a disappointing year and you go to the Rose Bowl – That ain't so bad, right? Not so bad. Yeah. Not um, so bad. Any, any thought, speaking of defense, any any thoughts on the uh, the just breaking scoop about the new new defensive coordinator? Well, I mean, it's not a real surprise based on, you know, how the defense played. Right. You know, because let's face it, High State doesn't – they're not going to wait around if you don't Mm-mm. get it done. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day would not be here 
if Clemson hadn't beat Ohio State 31 to nothing. Right. Shut them out in the playoffs. The very next day, let's get some new offensive coaches. Mm-hmm. And Urban Meyer went out and got Ryan Day. So they're not going to wait around. And the defense just wasn't up to standard, wasn't up to high state standard, certainly. And so, yeah, so you know, let's see what happens now. Yeah. What's, what's the, what's the, I know that with, with sports writers and, and your world, it's, it's, uh, you know, you have your own underground opinion. Is the consensus like a nodding yes, this is going to be a good thing? Well, to be honest with you, I, I'm not around the program like I used to be. Right. And I haven't spoken to any of the okay. writers who are. So for me to be saying yay or nay, I mean, I think it looks like a great hire. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. You like to hope, to think that, you know. Right. It's an upgrade. Shit, not, not a big <clears throat> shot yeah. hire, but. Yeah, I think, I think what, I think looking at what happened the last couple of seasons, they lost so many talented guys early on defense. Chase Young, the Bosa right, boys. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They kind of got caught in a little bit of a wash there with, they didn't rec- back up the recruits at the level that they did on offense. Yeah. Right. I mean, they've been stacking offense. Right. So they got to get some of the athletes on the defensive side that they're, they got to balance the roster out a little more. They, they, that'll be exciting if they yeah. can balance that roster out. I mean, yeah. talk about formidable next yeah. year. I mean, they, you know, the defense actually did start to gel as the season went on. Right. Um, and, yeah. and, and I think, uh, I think it's going to be a good Rose bowl. I mean, Utah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, one thing about Ohio State, they better not take Utah just lightly. They no, don't no, just I show don't, up no. like, oh, we don't want to be yeah, right? here. Utah is playing pretty good football. Yeah, yeah. Utah. And yeah. the last thing Ohio State wants to do now is go out and lose a, lose a bowl game. No. You know, no, you don't want to have a season where you lose three times. Right. Yeah. And if you lose three, if you lose this game, then you got four losses in 14 games going back to the last Alabama game. That's that's mm. a little what's going on here. Okay. So I don't, I, I don't like that statistic. Yeah, I I, I think I, I think they're gonna realize it. I don't care for it. I no. think they're gonna. Well, that's the point. That's the point, right? <laughs> yeah. If they go out there and just you know we don't want to be here. Don't we're not taking Utah seriously, and they get beat, then you got all kinds of narratives flying around that you're like, what's what happened here? I don't yeah. think that's gonna happen. I think High State's gonna they're gonna play real well. I, I mean, think so. Yeah. I think we don't that. have any huge seniors that like wouldn't play because they want to enter the draft, right? Right. No, I, I not for the most of, part. No. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I know sometimes everybody, that's a thing. Everybody's, everybody's gonna play. Where they yeah. like, oh, about playing? No, no a lot of these the only one really. I think they're gonna play well. I mean, they're motivated because you know they 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 didn't like how it went up in Michigan. That was everybody watched that on television around the nation. They don't want that image all through the the fall. I mean, the off season. They're gonna go out and play really well. I'm hoping. I know that that uh, kind of locks up New Year's Eve and New Year's Day for me, for sure. Right, right? yeah. Todd and I were talking about how the lines between sports and entertainment have have gotten increasingly blurred over the years, right? Really have, yeah. And I'm going to go back to something you said just a moment ago when, uh, uh, you know, hey, coach, you're, you're number one. Oh, really? Okay, well, now... Let's just start with that stage, if you will. The Sunday selection show. Yeah, you right. know, now three it's, hours it's, long. It's for three guys, hours right. long right. Of, of sports entertainment and interviews and and highlights and it, it's it's show business now. I mean, uh, college even sports. the weekly uh, college football rankings they have a, yeah, whole they have two a show. Hours there was no reason it. for that yeah, other than to get, get people mad and yelling at each other. Right, right. right. Yeah. right. So let's let's talk about how those lines have blurred. And is it a good way? Is it a good thing in some ways? Or is it ultimately all bad? Because I kind of remember, you know, you you made me hearken back to the days where sports was sports and entertainment was entertainment. 
Yeah, it was different. Yeah. It was, it was different. And we didn't I, get caught up in the drama of every day of, of, of this player and that player. Well, I think that there's certain things that are just in play there. I mean, if you look at history, it's, you know, AD and BC. Well, if you look at sports, it's ESPN. That's the dividing right. line. Mm-hmm. When ESPN came in in 1979, that's when it started to change because you didn't have 24-7 sports up until that point. You know, I mean, you had – Saturday game of the week. You, right. you had this week in baseball with, with <laughs> that you watched to get the highlights. With all due respect to ESPN, they really didn't have it either. I mean, yeah. they were they were they were they were dragging the bottom of the barrel. That's right. Putt putt golf tournament. Yeah, yeah, they were Australian rules football. Remember those guys with the flags that yeah, come yeah, out yeah, there? Yeah. Look like they were landing a plane. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote an old Jeff Foxworthy joke. I said I was you know ESPN is struggling for for content. The other night, I turned it on at 2 a.m. and saw two guys playing catch. <laughs> and that's a that's a old Foxworthy joke. But that's kind of where you know in the, in, the, in its infant years, they were they were they were struggling. Well, yeah, they were because they didn't have any of the television contracts to show the sports live. Right. And that when that started changing throughout the 80s, then they had programming. Yeah. And once you have programming, then you build programming around programming. And next thing you know, you've got all these shows. You know, and it just and the money's going up because. There's more competition to get the TV rights because you have a whole other network going into the bidding. And then Fox comes along. So you have Fox and ESPN bidding against what NBC and CBS and ABC used to have locked up. Mm-hmm. And so that's, it just skyrocketed. So the money and the, and the exposure really is the cocktail that changed it all. If mm-hmm. you look at, you know, from from 1970 on, 1979 mm-hmm. on, I mean. And, and, uh, and, and where that has been today i mean as far as the show business aspect of it i mean we talked about the selection sunday three hours long but the nfl draft is now is now like like a four-day oscar ceremony it's ridiculous you know it's it's nuts i remember even in the early 90s when i was in cincinnati i was covering the Bengals and draft day was you would go to the Bengals' offices which they were at Riverfront Stadium, and the Reds. The Reds oftentimes were having a game <laughs> because you could look through the Bengal offices and see the Reds out there playing. Because the draft was just going on; it was just a thing. Yeah, it was just a thing. You know? yeah. And you know, there wasn't. Yeah, everybody was interested in the first round, but it wasn't a show. Well, right? when, right. How do you think it became a show? I mean, I mean, what, what, well, who, who? Like I said, this is your world. At one point, did someone go? You know what? We can make this bigger, and 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 better, and more exciting. Well, it plays along with what we were talking about with ESPN. You know, all of a sudden, if you're at ESPN, you're going to have the draft. You're not showing anything else during the week or the weeks leading up to it. And so then you have shows, and you have draft analysts mm-hmm. who spend their whole life, which I don't understand. You know, spend their whole life basically grading guys and film and whatever. <laughs> All you know, so they're talking all every day for weeks at a time. That's a show. Uh, so it just kept building and propelling to the it's point now of, you have cities, yeah. cities wanting to be yeah. on TV, right? TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, like the chicken and egg, though, where like I don't realize that I want to watch that until I watch it. Then I'm like, oh, I can't right, not watch right. it, the draft ever mm-hmm. again. Well, that's why, and that's why, <laughs> okay. like, or when the you said, stuff. you said, is it better or worse? I'm like, I don't think it's, it's just different. I mean, I, different, I, don't, I think because if you argue that it's worse, it's kind of like saying, oh, all the music today sucks. Right. These kids don't know music. Well, I mean, I, you know, I was 
kids in their tw- young 20s, they love their music. And sure, right? it means as much to them as music meant to me when I was their age. So I don't want to be the old fogey that it sucks, sports sucks now. It's just different. But the way we consume it, the way it's per- yeah. portrayed, the way it's just always so, on. So the way it's presented, do you think it's cultivating fans, basically? I think it's cultivating different types of fans. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think people consume the games differently. Oh, I, you know? I, I know that I one thing I've never gotten into because I just it makes my head hurt is fantasy football. You yeah, know, no, as far as you talk about an entertainment value. I mean, and I talk to friends who are into fantasy football and they are in yeah. to fantasy football. I mean, heart and soul. Right. As far as entertainment goes. And right. They, so they're enjoying that. Right. So right. they're still enjoying sports. They're just enjoying it in a different way in a different right? kind of way so uh, you got that yeah obviously social media has changed mm-hmm. everything you know you get the, you got the red zone channel you can just watch we you know it's like you have the attention of a hummingbird right it's yeah. like i just got to see highlights right now <laughs> <Yeah>. red zone <laughs> I, I have red zone on my cable and that is if there's been a, ever been a, a, a reason for the adult diaper, it would be, <laughs> yeah, right? it, it would be red zone because there's no being commercials. other than our age. Yeah, other than our age because there's no commercials. Right, it, Off it, the it Fox just Burrow. goes. Once, exactly. you, once you turn it on, it just goes all afternoon into the early evening until they're done. Yeah, you don't ha- you don't have to get up and, and you see all the best parts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and once again, you know our short attention span theater that we that we that we become. Over the years, highlight culture, right? yeah, highlight culture. We just, you know, it's it's called the red zone for a reason. They they show mostly, I'd say, eighty percent is stuff that's in the red zone. Right. But every once in a while, they'll they'll show a little bit more. But for the yeah. most part, it's like it's here's a, here's the meat. We left that out the potatoes. You know, your, your team's going to score. Here's how it looks. Well, I know. I mean, being an old sports writer, like throughout my career, it always struck me, and I would talk to other writers about this that. You know, a lot of times the games aren't very good. They're just right. they're the games, you know, and mm-hmm. and that's where back in the day it was like, well, you might have seen a good game, it might have not been a good game. Mm-hmm. Now it's more about like if this game isn't a good, I'm going to flip the channel or go to Twitter or go wherever, and I can find a better game in the moment, right? And I can experience at home with my giant screen television. I don't have to pay for parking and sit next to these idiots right. and blah blah blah, which is why you see attendance dropping. So you're consuming it differently. Um, it's just, it's just everything's more of a spectacle, more of a, you know, in the moment. What's, what's really going to grab my attention? Where in the old days it was like, eh, it might have been a good game. It probably, for the most part, might not have been a very good game if you judge it on entertainment value. So with these lines being blurred, are you a fan or are you, you know, do do you wish it would go back to? It's never going to go back. So let's say wish it could go back. I mean. Well, I mean, you know, I left left sports writing four years ago after 30 years, and I don't pay nearly as much attention to it. And I think part of that is because... How do you do that? How does something that that was in your bones for that many years that you say you don't pay that much attention to it? Well, I do. I mean, I I just don't... I think because it was work, I had to cram all the minutia of everything that was going on into my brain constantly. I think I just needed my, my brain was saying... Quit worrying about who the backup linebacker is or whether or not they signed a punter. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At some point, I just don't need to know all this stuff. So it's I'm just much more choosy in what I – if I, you know, there's certain games I want to see and I'll watch, but a lot of times I'm just – you know, I, I, I guess I've been to too many over the years. 
Um, but whether or not I want it to be like the old days, no, no, because I'm not the kind of guy that sits around and, you know, worries about, oh, God, things have changed. And it's again, I just think like. And on Press Box Access, though, you talk to other sports writers from back in the day that right. were at, at, at significant, uh, had significant careers and, and were present at significant moments in, in sports. Yeah. And what I'm doing with that is, is I think of a more of a history show. Mm hmm than a sports show. Uh, that's a very good, very good I point. think of it as, you know, I, I, I'm a big history buff myself. That's, that's what I love to read. And I think of it as doing oral history like Studs Terkel, where I, what I'm doing is I'm taking these sports writers who did a job that really doesn't exist the way it did then. And Just so it, like everything else has changed in sports, the way we report and write about sports mm -hmm. and consume it is different. So... Back in the day when the newspaper was how you, you know, you read your columnist and you knew the writers, there's still some of that. But, you know, let's face it, we get we get the news instantaneously now. These writers back in those days had so much more access, you know, I mean, because everything wasn't on constantly. Including yourself. Including, yeah, I was fortunate in that way. You know, I, I came up in the late 80s. And again, that's before things really morphed into what we have now. So you didn't have 24-7 news, instantaneous. There was more trust between coaches and athletes and the media. You had more access because of that. You could, you could talk to guys. Now it's just so much more regimented. So what I'm trying to do with this podcast is just get these guys to tell me, you know, men and women, tell me the stories, that what it was like to do that job then mm -hmm. and document it. Because some of these folks are, had incredible, the things that they witnessed. I got a, an episode coming up with Jerry Eisenberg from the Newark Star-Ledger. He's 91 years old. He's still writing. He's so sharp. It's amazing. He just released a novel at 91. Wow. He started in 1951. He covered more of Ali's fights than anybody. Wow. He was at every major That's Ali fight. Up. That's yes. coming up. I got it. Okay. And Make so he's ringside at the Thrill of Manila. He's ringside at the, oh, at the Rumble in the Jungle. So my whole idea with the show was I want to get Jerry Eisenberg taped telling his stories about what it was like to be there and to be with Ali behind the scenes. And just, again, because I think it's history. It yeah, is history. history. Yeah, it is so, history. Anyway, it's been a lot of fun. I've been able to reconnect with friends. I miss sports writers. They're the, they're, <laughs> they're, they're funny, cynical, world-weary. And, and, where, they like, and, and they like to drink beer. And they like to drink beer. <laughs> and, and other things. And, and other things, too. But where's their, where, where is their thought process in, in modern day uh, sports writing or, or sports reporting? Well, I think they, they obviously recognize that the world has changed, right? And right. again, you know, up until there was electricity, there was an industry on Lake Erie to harvest ice, you know? And that was really important. And you did it. The world changes, right? And so what I tell them as guests is like, I don't want to get on here and bemoan, oh, the good old days were so much better. And I, I don't want any part of that. You don't want no, any? No. no, no. You're That's not, not going to be point. one of those guys. Let's just talk about what it was like to do that job. So I think they get it. And I think they're enjoying, you know, having their own careers documented in some of the experiences. And I think it's triggering memories for them that they've enjoyed it, they've told me. Uh, that, oh, yeah, I started thinking about this certain game I covered or this athlete, and I think they're having fun with it. I, I know I'm having a lot of Who'd fun. Who'd be your dream guest? That's well, still, still – Well, one of them is – apparently you got one of them coming well, up. Well, Eisenberg, I got to tell you, Eisenberg, I'm really, really excited yeah, about this cool. because his, I'm a huge Ali and boxing fan, and his stories are incredible. Uh, but we've had some really fun guests. I mean, guys like Bob Ryan from the Boston Globe. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, he was covering the NBA in the late 60s. Wow. When they didn't even <laughs> – he took over to beat when they were the defending NBA champions, and the Globe didn't even send him on the road because nobody was paying much attention to the Celtics, even in Boston. <laughs> so talk about the world changing. So, um, you know, dream guest, I you know – I want to get more of the older guys like this, you know, the guys in their 70s and 80s and who still have the stories that, mm. that we can document. So nobody in particular, just, you know, the men and women of that ilk. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. You're a huge boxing fan, you say? Yes, yeah. yes. I got the uh, some boxing gloves uh, signed by uh, Tommy Hitman Hearns. Oh, wow. wow. And uh, downstairs I have a photo signed by Hurricane Carter and uh, I have a few other uh, boxing things upstairs that I can't actually recall at the moment. Wow. But, the, but yeah. Yeah, Hearns, yeah. I, one of the writers I interviewed was Terrence Moore Okay, uh, from Atlanta. He covered the Hearns-Hagler fight and he was so close to the ring during the fight, he looked down, there's blood all over his shirt. Right? Oh, oh man. man. And you're talking about, he's like, I should have kept the shirt. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. That, that would be an awesome yeah, shirt to right. still have. Yeah, right. Well, what is it? That's blood. <laughs> yeah. That's blood. Who's blood? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. The champs. Gladiator yeah. blood. <laughs> Boxing. You see, when I, when I sit down and talk to you about uh, some of those days past and what they were and – where we're now, it's it's hard for me not to bemoan a little bit. Yeah, um, I think that's not. I mean, you know, it's it, a temptation. It, it, I, it, I wouldn't say I don't do it either, but know, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I remember having to go to, uh, I was living in Steubenville, Ohio at the time, and, and, and begging my uncle to take me with him to go watch an Ali fight via satellite, which was the only way to watch it. it wasn't on television you would see the fight a couple weeks later on abc's wide world of yeah, sports right, right. Cassell would have the yeah, two fighters right right talk right about right, it. right yeah, yeah. yeah afterwards but if you wanted to see it the night it happened you had to go to the grand theater which was doing it via satellite and 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 pay money you had to go someplace uh that's kind of cool to, to kind of yeah to kind of watch it if you wanted to be there in, in the moment as opposed now to having it beamed into your Mm-hmm. pay-per-view on TV and sitting on your couch and so forth. You had to make an effort to go someplace. Well, think about it. This is how different it is. What do you think is the most famous sporting event last 50, 60 years? The most famous for America. sport for America? Maybe the U.S. hockey win over Russia. Over Russia, big Maybe, one. Yeah. yeah, Maybe that's in the conversation, right? You sure, it have to 1980 be. Olympics, Lake Placid, semifinals. Right. Do you know that game wasn't on live television? No, it was, yeah. Tape right. delay. They played it at five o'clock in the afternoon. That's how different things were. Because it was yeah. like a nineteen eighty, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, knew, I was right? at, I was at a high school basketball game that night, and they announced the score, and the whole crowd started chanting "USA, USA," yeah. because nobody knew the result. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> Hours after the game, think about crazy. that. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. And then baseball. Think about baseball again. I mentioned this week in baseball was like a Saturday show that you look mm-hmm. forward to. Because mm-hmm. I know in the Cincinnati area, you never got to see American League teams. No, never, never. So you got to see highlights of George Brett and these guys. Like, so it was like seeing these aliens. Who was the host <laughs> of that? Uh, it was a uh, um, shoot. Who was the host? Mel Allen. Mel Allen. Oh yeah. Twib notes. Remember Twib yes. notes. Yes. Yeah. And so the All Star Game would come on, and, and the Reds would wear their like non-black 
shoes. Oh, yeah. They wear like white shoes. I'm like, oh, what's That's going right. on here? Like, so. <laughs> Try to grow a mustache for three yeah, days. Yeah, right, for three days. <laughs> <laughs> Facial so, hair was illegal in the Cincinnati Reds. Out of all the sports that you've, shot. you've yeah. covered, uh, no, I, just, I, don't, I don't know if we actually covered this in the, in the last podcast with you, but um, boxing's your favorite. Well, why, why, and if so, why? I tell you what, I, I'm, I came in at a fortunate time in the late 80s. I wish I had, looking back, was able to come in even earlier because the writers who did cover boxing in mm-hmm. the glory days of that heavyweight division said there was nothing, nothing like it when those two fighters are in the ring and you know they're getting ready to start. Everybody else clears out of the ring and it's just those two guys right. standing there. It's two and gladiators. the anticipation and the electricity – and so any writer who's ever covered major fights has told me, like, there's n- there's nothing that they've ever experienced like that. So that's one reason. And I just always, awesome. like, almost studied Ali. Like, I've read so much about Ali. I just was fascinated by his life. And, again, the access that the writers had to those, to those guys where, you know, you could just pretty much hang out with them while they were training and go visit Ali at Deer Lake at his training facility and, and just hang out. You know, and so the stories, and they always had such great stories. Now, when you look at it, it's pretty brutal, right? I mean, what we know now about head injuries, and sure. you think about. It. So I see it through a different prism now than I did when I was younger. But from a writing standpoint, I wish I could have covered the Rumble in the Jungle, right? The Foreman Ali fighting in Africa at four in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. or, or being in Manila with its Foreman and or a Frazier and Ali and. It's 120 degrees in the building, and there's no air conditioning. Yeah. The guys being are just a, killing a, each other. Being a boxing fan, uh, how do you feel about boxing now? Be honest with you, I say as I'm a boxing fan, is I don't really pay as much attention. Not to as it. much attention no. to it. But I think it's kind of as a sport is kind of lost its luster because for, I for think years our now. I think even you know well MMA and they, they, has changed that right. People are more into that. Um, yeah, which which you know, yeah which. Uh, I mean, in the fifties, boxing, horse racing, and baseball were the three major sports, right? And horse racing and boxing have kind of gone by the wayside for the most part. Mm-hmm. And baseball's just, you know, baseball's in a much different place too. Yeah, and uh, we're running out of time, but yeah, uh, is baseball in danger this coming season. Yeah, it could be. There's yeah. too much money at stake, right? And it's always that. It's, it's always How about gonna, the money, right? Right. But, you know, I mean, you're in entertainment business. You know what that's like, right? The right. fight's about the money. But, yeah, I think they'll get it done eventually. They'll they'll play. But I think what they're doing is they're, they're just taking for granted that the fans are always going to be there. They're losing young generations yeah. of fans. Yeah. I don't I don't hear kids talking about baseball other than the ones who play travel league baseball. I don't mm-hmm. see kids in the neighborhood playing wiffle ball. You know, when I was Even a kid, we talked a baseball, baseball player. All he wants to do is play football. <laughs> yeah, right? That's all I mean, we become football. a football nation, yeah. right? So, you know, baseball just might be more of a just one of those sports. If you're really into it, you're into it, and if not, maybe you'll watch when it's a big game. And mm-hmm. um, it's just not—it's not the game that I grew up with. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's not. Different. It's not. And I, is that a reflection of the times? Yeah, and again, I think you know things change, right? Things change. You know, baseball. In the fifties and the sixties and the seventies, it was it was a slower paced world, you know. And um, 
baseball was on the radio. Everything wasn't on television constantly. It was a game that you could consume um, in a slower-paced world. Um, Now, you know, it's football, man. It's football. We're a football nation. It is is about football, which goes back to what we were discussing earlier, the entertainment factor, how those lines have blurred, sports and entertainment. Football is a sport, but now it's also – Entertainment. Yeah, I think about that. Yeah, I think about this like this game this year. The Bengals played the Packers and earlier in the year, and it was a crazy game where everybody was missing kicks, and it was kind of nutty. It was back and forth, and I remember afterward the Packers won. And I remember talking to some people that I know in Cincinnati, and they were just talking about what a great game it was. And I was like, they're not really upset that the Bengals lost. They were just, they were just. It was a great game. It was entertaining. It. <laughs> it was entertaining, right? Right. And I think that was almost like indicative of, uh, you know, give us something that that keeps our attention because our attention, it's tough to do nowadays to keep anybody's attention. And now we care about the drama, about the players, and, and you know. The we, girlfriends. The, the girlfriends yeah, and the yeah. situation. Yeah, TMZ, baby. <laughs> yeah, right? We care about what's going on in their personal lives and, and, and the drama when, when somebody gets traded or somebody wants to leave yeah. a team. There's, it's, it's like a soap opera right. on some level. Yeah, the NBA yeah. is that way, right? Right, and, and both the NBA actually, as well. Yeah, the, actually, the NBA is really kind of like that's how soccer is portrayed and consumed around the world. If you go over to Europe, that's what they're really into is the drama of you know they love their game of oh, the players. But yeah, it's messy and the players, and the NBA has really done a great job of marketing the players. It's like mm-hmm. pro wrestling, right? You know, these guys have their images. And it's less of the team; it's more of the individuals. It's LeBron; it's a one-name guy, right? It's it's different, and the drama comes with that, yeah. Because, because they become characters in your mind. Not HBO just has HBO does a show, Hard Knocks, where they right. focus on one team and yeah, and, and the and all the behind-the-scenes stuff. And we seem as a culture to eat that up. Yeah, we love it, right? Well, it's, even it's well produced. Yeah, NFL was ahead of the game in that, right? With NFL films, mm-hmm. you know, John Facenda, the voice of God, you know, yeah. and the music and the slow motion right. and the way they portrayed it—they can make a spiraling Alda. football look like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah, this is awesome, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right? Right? Yeah. Fran Talkington was a creative mutation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And see, when I think about those, because you know, those NFL films go back how far? Maybe oh, the, 60s. They're yeah, about right? yeah, in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, now that I, you know, I I don't put that together. I didn't think that of that as entertainment. But. That was Pete Rozelle, yeah. man. Pete Rozelle, who that, was, background was in PR before he became the commissioner of the NFL. He knew what he was doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like he got the, he got the teams to agree on a television contract for the greater good at the time, right? Which was not the way, you know. He was ahead of the game with television. He was ahead of the game with letting NFL NFL films portray the way the game is marketed. And so here we are. Everything's kind I mean, of portrayed. Look where, look where we went from Super Bowl one to you know. Now, I was right? thinking about that. You know, in the early Super Bowls, the first couple three Super Bowls, you know what the halftime entertainment was? Like college and high school marching bands. Right. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> high school marching band at the Super yeah. Bowl halftime show. And they would yeah. make they put everybody down on the first twenty rows, and they would say, "Do not pan up from here." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. No one was there. Nobody was there. Yeah, and the game was played <laughs> in the daytime. Yeah, right. You know. So, you know, what is it worse than it used to be? Is it better? I, I don't know. You know how many people were in the stands when Roger Maris hit his 61st homer? No. 19,000. 
Jeez. Do you know Game 7 in the 1971 World Series did not sell out? It was a day game. Game 7 of the World Series didn't sell out. So was it better or was it worse? I don't know. It was just different. Huh. You know? So everything's more of a spectacle in the show. And and that's fine. People love it. You know, people are into it. It's just different. Than Where are you with it, though? I'm kind of, again, I, you know, I, I still have interest in it. I still find storylines that interest me. But I don't... I don't sit around twenty four seven thinking about it. Like you still it, write? I still write a little bit, but uh, and when you do, you know, write, I, what do you write about? On the side, but but my writing job now is at the High State Alumni Magazine. So right. every once in a while, I'll write a little sports. But you know, I'm writing other stories. But in my spare time, not really. I mean, I'm not thinking about writing anything. I'm I'm talking to writers <laughs> on a podcast. Yeah, no, 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 that's great, and you're doing that, but. Like I said, something that's bred in the bone, like it has been for how many years? Thirty years? You, yeah, thirty years in sports. Yeah. So, if you were to write a book today, what would you write about? That's a good question. You know, I I'm big on like trying to take a team or a moment in time and putting in into historical context. You know, I was always fascinated by like the 1968 Buckeyes, and um, you know that year being so traumatic in American history. And then you had this this team, this Ohio State team, coached by this old military guy, Woody Hayes, and they were able to keep focus while all the chaos in the world was going around them. And uh, so I've taken an, an idea where you can put the context of what was about that team that resonated with people then. You know, why was it important to people? I'd that read that time? book. Yeah, well, that book's been written by somebody else. <laughs> 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 oh, Go well, other guys, but, you know, so. Then I need to read that book. But I was using it as an example. An example. Like, you know, you think about right. that like, with, with music. Like, what made a band hit at that moment? Right. Right? Or, or a comedian, you know, you're in that world. And what, what made a show or a movie so important in the culture of that time? I, that's kind of how I look at sports when I think about it in the past. Let's let's close on something that I, I did not know. That's a, a little bit of, of, of trivia. Uh, let's go back to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl this year. Let's go back to uh, something I did not know, which I find remarkable. And tell me why and how that happened. The 1961 vote when Ohio State gets voted, not voted, but asked to come to the Rose Bowl. Now, when somebody when a, when a, when a college is asked to come to a bowl game, what is all involved in that? Who has to who has to say, check yes, we're in. Well, it depends on the school, the conference, and everything else. So here's the the context of this. So we're talking about how the Rose Bowl was it for Ohio State, right? right. And then and all the Big Ten schools at the time. Well, they they had a contract from like the late '40s up until like 1959, where the the Pacific Coast League, which is now the Pac-12. And the Big Ten champs would play in the Rose Bowl. But that contract fell by the wayside for a couple of years. So in 1961, Ohio State won the Big Ten. The, the Rose Bowl invited them to come out. But the Ohio State Faculty Council thought that the school was getting too much of a football reputation. And they voted to decline the invitation to not go to the Rose Bowl. Now, that is that is incredible, incredible, right? You think that, about that? It, that is it, nuts. It, it, it sounds, but here, nuts, but yeah. here, but but do you know this is also true? Notre Dame never played in a bowl game until 1973, I believe. They just didn't go to a bowl game. That wasn't what they thought was right 
at that time of year with exams and so, so they would constantly decline. They would just not go. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't even, go. Notre Dame didn't go to bowl games all those years. Wow. So it wasn't again. It wasn't like today where you got forty bowl games because ESPN needs television mm-hmm. content. You had like six, you had like cell battery bowl. You had like yeah. eight bowl games. You <laughs> right. know, six bowl games and. Uh, so anyway, the faculty council votes not to go. People go crazy, obviously. <laughs> There's a riot in Columbus. And uh, Minnesota accepts the bid and goes out and, and, and wins or uh, gets beat. Well, actually, they won, I think. I have to think about that. So Minnesota goes to the Rose Bowl instead of Ohio State. And think about the high state declining a Rose Bowl now. <laughs> no. I, I, yeah, that, that, when you told me that story, you're like, really? That happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really kind of crazy. And the whole idea of bowl games, I mean, the Rose Bowl is the original Rose Bowl. I mean, the original bowl game. And it, it came about because they were trying to sell real estate in Los Angeles. Really? Yeah, in the early 1900s. L.A. was like, we need people to come out here and live. we got to get some news and publicity. What are we going to get people to do? Let's have a football game. Well, they tried that for a few years. Yeah, it didn't really work. Do you know what else they had? They had chariot races. Oh. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> look it up. They had chariot races they had for the Coliseum there. Yeah, out there. At the, yeah, that didn't go over real well either. So they let's try the football thing again. You know, <laughs> so, they, so that's how the Rose Bowl became a thing because they wanted teams to come out to Los Angeles and it would be on the you know sure. get some attention in the newspapers and people would think about well, what's this Los, Southern California seems kind of nice. You know, get the parade. And so then when TV right, came yeah. along, it's like you're sitting in Columbus and it's you know. 14 degrees and gray and you right. turn on your television on new year's day and look at that yeah. it's the mountains and it's right. beautiful beautiful i want to go out there it was all marketing yeah well speaking of marketing i want to meet the salesman who 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 got everybody on board for chariot races yeah right that is one hell of i think we should go back right to that there. i think we should have that, <laughs> that how would races? vegas put a line on chariot, <laughs> chariot races you <laughs> know what i'm taking ben hur i know that <laughs> uh todd jones Press box access on the Evergreen Podcast Network, the award-winning press box access, uh, a recent award uh, winner of the Davy Award and the Vega Digital Award. Now, that may not mean anything to you, but what it means in the podcast world is that that's a podcast that's got a lot going on from quality and content. And I might add, it's host. Oh, you, you're yeah. too kind. Thanks. Yeah, no, no, man. To me, no. it's all about the guests. They got great stories. I have a fun talk with them. We're only as good as our guests. And well, that's why nobody's going to listen to this one. Huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> We're only as good as We're our guests. We're buried in the holidays. <laughs> and our guest tonight has been awesome, man. It's been it's been great to hang out with you. Thank you for your uh, your thoughts, your insight, your humor, and uh, continued success on PressBox. Hey, thanks a uh, lot. May it may continue to grow and 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 get more and more people because I do like the fact I, you're right. It is more about history than it is about sports, and I'm glad that you're giving uh, those legends in sports writing uh, a voice to kind of teach us and 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 help us remember how it was. Yeah, sometimes the their stories are just funny. Right, right, <laughs> so there's, right. There's some entertainment there. And so. well, yeah, I would imagine so. I imagine you've got. You know, we'll have you back again to just talk about. Are you want to have me move in? I mean, you charge me rent? Uh, whatever the case. You Put lived, me down in the basement You, you live down the street. <laughs> but uh, I, I may have you back on a podcast where we just focus on nothing but the body stuff. All the body. Not, not body. Body. B-A-W-D-Y. All the crazy stuff. 
over the course of your 30 oh, years. Oh, I can spill some things. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, that, I think that would be a fun I podcast. can't help but to fit a little fear and loathing in Las Vegas with you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like right. him out in Vegas well, uh, getting yeah. into trouble. Because you were how old when you started? Well, you know, I was right out of college. You uh-huh, know, so, right. you know, I had a, you know. I'm 56, but I got a lot of miles on my tires. Exactly. Too many late nights in too many cities. <laughs> I'm still doing that. Too many late nights. I don't know about the cities. Except now, now I get up when I used to get in. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, great line to close with. <laughs> I want to thank you again, man. Todd Jones, check him out on Evergreen Podcast Network, Press Box Access. Hansberry, I want to thank Greg Hansberry, our audio producer as well. Th- throw a little more business out That's there right. before we close. Evergreenpodcasts.com, by the way, for uh, press box access and uh, whiskey business, and plus a whole you know truckload of other great podcasts, all from everything from kids shows to yeah, they get they, true they, crime they, stuff. They yeah, they, great, they yeah. cover a Lots lot of, of bases, yeah. man. Um, subscribe to uh, Whiskey Business on YouTube. Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Uh, thanks for subscribing on your favorite podcasting app. And uh, make sure you like us on the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. And I think, is it? can we tease our Christmas episode next week? Yeah, we can tease our Christmas episode. Before you do that, let me just also thank you. You can catch us on YouTube as well. Thanks to our great right. friend. That's right. Yeah, thanks, John. Our video producer, John Whitney. Uh, John Whitney does the amazing work on our YouTube channel as well. So check us out Day on YouTube. Day 8 tomorrow for the cocktail book. Tomorrow. Day 8. Yeah, Day that's right. You uh, you got the Ebenezer Scrooge driver cannot wait yeah it's a great name you're gonna run into a couple that that you're not gonna like i'm telling you that right now uh <laughs> yeah day nine the scotch pine spritzer oh my god oh, <laughs> that sounds interesting it's uh uh <laughs> yeah it's uh you, you would love something oh tan and bombed <laughs> uh yellow snow is in the yeah. mix yeah yeah uh, Looking forward to the it. Red Rider BB gun. We three kings disoriented are. <laughs> These are all the- oh Where can God. people find that book, Dina? Uh, they can find this book on Amazon.com if they so desire. Um, yeah, I, I, I always forget that I wrote it. I'll put a link on the website. Put a link on the website. Uh, the Bipolar Express. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> what was I thinking 11 years ago? Uh, but thank you to John Whitney and God bless you for actually attempting this because it's 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 no small feat. We'll your wife, you know, for it's her idea. You it said? was her idea to what? do it. She went out and bought all the booze. It's uh, that's, that's a lot of booze. Yeah. The, the, so yes. it's, it's 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 a pricey. A lot of cordials. It's, a, it's, it's it is. Well, it's it's a holiday cocktail. I understand. Book. It's that. supposed to be. It's a different world now. <laughs> it was. It's eleven years ago. And then again, maybe I was ahead of my time. That's true. On some level. Because now with the craft cocktails and whatnot. (laughs) No, I was not ahead of my time. All right. One last thank you to Greg, John, Todd. My name is Dino Tripodis. Thank you for tuning in to Whiskey Business. And until the next bottle, see ya. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, 
and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.